Hey, this is the Art Confessions with Danny and Diane, and every week you're going to hear us talk about all kinds of things in the art world. Hope you enjoy. You'll hear our opinions, our thoughts, and everything in between. Stay tuned. Well, hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good. You? Not bad. It's uh, it's been a long, a, a long week of return. <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. You can? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. It's uh, it's very, very different. Um, not to sound pessimistic, but <laughs> <laughs> it's. It's very sad for me to return back to school uh, in this way. Oh, really? Yeah. So what is, what's, what's sad about it for you? So um, some of you may know that I'm actually a teacher, uh, but I'm not really in one school yet. I don't have a contract. So I've, I've been to two schools so far. But right before school started, I entered uh, one of the schools that I frequent a lot. And I mean, in general, just the whole procedure. First of all, the way that students come into the school is completely different. So they're lining up outside. Every, um, every level has their own entry point. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So this is one school. I'm, I'm going to talk more specifically for this one school. Uh, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll compare a little bit with the other school that I just worked at today. But so they each have their own entry point. Last week they did one level came in at a time. So let's say secondary one came in, they went through the whole day, uh, showing them how it's going to be. Um, so they come in, so just to give you an example, they come in to the into the school. Uh, there's a sanitized station. They have to sanitize their hands. Uh, they have no locker. Well, imagine today I'm actually feeling more energetic than the previous days. <laughs> they go into the classroom uh, where they will be staying in that classroom for the entire day. So teachers do not have a classroom. And the child stays there for the entirety. So period one through four, they're in that classroom. Uh, they don't have lockers, so they have boxes, or they have they leave like yeah. So they leave their everything with them. So their jacket, their school bag, all their books. It's all in this one classroom where there's like nothing really other than the desk uh, there. There's nothing that we can give them other than sanitizer. <laughs> hand sanitizer Mm -hmm. yeah and like reinforcing you know the rules of of wearing the mask um so at least they have a little bit of a break when they're at their desk they can remove it to breathe but essentially like the school that i'm working at uh the majority of the time they have period one period two they have a 20 minute break and then they have period three and four uh and and when they have this break, can they leave the classroom? Mm, only to go to the washroom. 
Oh my God. I am, I'm really excited to ask you these questions. Cause like, as if today we're interviewing you. Interview me away. Actually, I have a few questions for you too, as well. We'll, 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 we'll go along the way. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so we, this week's episode, it's about um, education and art education in COVID times, because it is the back to school. Um, everyone started school last Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Give or take, give or take. I'll, I'll explain okay. more into detail. Oh my God. So excited. So, so we, yeah, we started school about Wednesday-ish, Thursday-ish, and even universities started back today. So it is an odd way to start because it's not your regular back to school, is it? What? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm oh, well, no, no, wait. I sorry. Screamed. Sorry. Sorry. The break, okay, depends because they, they have 20 minutes. They could go to the cafeteria. They could. Uh, they okay. could go out, but I mean, they can't really go far. But let's say those that are in like the closed classroom, if you know what a closed classroom is, is those that have like autism and all that, they uh-huh. stay inside the class the entire time, which is even harder uh-huh. for them. Like yesterday, one of the students was like, is it like how much time left? How much time left? And it was the first day he was there, right? So. Yeah. Uh, that was their first thing. The ones that are in the closed classroom, those that have autism and and learning difficulties, they have to eat inside the classroom, essentially. Oh, my God. So they're there from like 8.30 to 2.10. That is is heartbreaking. It really is because a lot of the school environment is about, you know, that socialization, that starting to gain independence. Yeah. And and now, I mean, they don't have that, that much independence, but they start to, to develop that at this age, right? And now it's like kind of like they've regressed. Yeah. Um, with all these rules and, and, and enforcing the rule of wearing the mask as well, you know, making sure mm-hmm. that every time you get up, you have to make sure you have your mask on. You can't get, if I come and help you with a problem, I mean, I was helping with the math problem and the explanation is not, uh, you know, 30 seconds. So I'm talking to my mask, talking, talking. And at one point I'm like, I, ha- I had to run to the front to distance myself and to remove the mask because I was about to pass out. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I can't imagine how the kids are dealing with it. It's, I think some are having an easier time than others. I think also you do have breathing problems, no? I do have breathing problems, so, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I've been working with a mask all summer, and it's not... But at the same time, when I'm in the metro, I feel like I get, like, anxiety, and I feel like my breathing is harder. But, mm-hmm. like, if I'm working and talking, like, I don't seem to have that. But, like, I think if someone has, like, breathing issues, the mask is, like, the worst thing. Yeah, that, that, that's the, the downfall of it all is that, you know, I have sinus problems and all that. So I have trouble breathing on a normal, like, normally. Yeah. That's why my, my voice is kind of nasally. <laughs> <So cool>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that, that to me is so sad because, like, I feel, 
first of all, Quebec is one of the provinces with the highest illiteracy illiteracy rate, okay? And we have a huge uh, percentage of teenagers that flunk out of school. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with this, like you said, the whole point of going to school when you're a teenager, it's to go talk and socialize and, you know, mess around with your friends. And, like, if you're in a classroom and you have no friends, how awful is that? Well, worse, even even worse, is, let's say, not even having friends. I mean, having a bully in that classroom, imagine. Yes, exactly. You're stuck with them all day, every single day in the same classroom. Yeah. Mm. And what's even worse, <laughs> like, I'm laughing because I have to laugh. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> so, you know, all of the uh, the arts really suffer. Um, so English, math, French, those weren't really like hands-on yeah. as the arts, right? So like media, yeah. visual arts, drama, music. Yeah. Th- those are the ones that are suffering the most. So an arts teacher... I mean, their classroom is absolutely essential. Yeah. You know, you need a sink. You need the paint. You need, uh, you know, you need a lot of supplies. And the cleanup, the cleanup was already a disaster before, (laughs) before COVID. Now the, the art teacher doesn't have a room, right? So the teacher is moving room to room. So painting is off the table completely okay um media the the computers were removed so they're Mm. not really doing any media work like where they would be let's say filming some of the students they would create scripts uh and they would do films and you know go and and learn how to use iMovie and all sorts of different programs right yeah that's completely off the table now but is this only at the school in particular? Because I feel like I heard that some places, the only places, uh, the only classroom the students leave the class for is art. Um, from my knowledge, like it depends. Every school is a bit different. Okay. So okay. like every school like took different precautions, but mm-hmm. majority though, it is that the child, the children stay in the classroom. Okay. So, like, yes, art, well, gym, I mean, gym, you can't do gym in a classroom. It's impossible. But they take no. their own precautions. I mean, it depends. I don't know how they're doing it. They might do, like, majority, like, health. Yeah. And then maybe some individual distance um, workouts, I guess. Maybe they go outside as well. Yeah. I, I right heard, now? I, yeah, for now. Like up until October, maybe. And then from uh, May to June, they get that good three months. I mean, I mean, it it would be kind of funny, though, if like, because I just this little quick blurb. When I was in elementary school in the winter, we used to do like racket, like uh, snowshoeing. Are you serious? Yeah. We had like old school snowshoes and every year we would go on the lake and and had to write our class, like our homeroom 
in snowshoes. And I love those. That was like my favorite gym class. Honestly. But like, I think that's amazing. I think they should do that in high school. I, now that we're just talking about budget at this time. <laughs> yeah. Then, bu- then budget comes into play. We don't even want to yeah. go there. But I have yeah. not seen snowshoes at any school. So I'm really interested. What school did you go to? I, that, this is at Saint-Rémy in Point Claire. Okay. In Beaconsfield. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was my elementary school. I can tell you I've never seen snowshoes. Well, it's possible. I mean, this was also in the 90s. Maybe it's super dangerous now. With yeah. <laughs> Like, you never know. <laughs> like, he would bring us on a lake. I don't think... Oh, my super... God. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was like... This is like in January. It was always so cold and frozen, you know? Mm-hmm. So... I think it was, I'm sure it was safe, but yeah, we would snow, no, snow shoe. That's really interesting. Yeah. But anywho, so all these kids are now stuck in a classroom. They can leave for a 20 minute break and lunch. They can go to the, they can kind of leave and that's like one hour. So like at one school is they only have that 20 minute break. That's all. Okay. And like uh, another high school, they have regular lunch. They do three periods. They have like an hour lunch and then they have fourth period. So instead of having recess, they just made the lunch a little bit longer, I think by 10 minutes and they gave it to them that way. So at least the kids are actually able to decompress. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that I find is, but it also depends the clientele you see like, at that school, I think the secondary fours and five, they're half online. It's a very big school, too. Okay. Whereas the other one is a very small school. And okay. the clientele might not have that same advantage, you know. So the secondary four and fives are online? Yeah, half online. Like the ones that are uh, put into resource so that they need a little bit more help, they have to stay in school. They, they follow a regular day at, at, the, yeah. at their school. And for those that are in regular stream or enriched, they do, I think, half online. So they come in a few days a week and, and the rest is online. Wow. So every okay. every school like is handling it a little bit different. They always have to reinforce, you know, the mask. Everyone's staying in the same classroom. Those are the, the rules that are pretty much uh, what the government instilled and that's that's the protocol they have to follow. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like there is, uh, they de- it depends. They see what the school needs and they make adjustments accordingly, you know? Yeah. But that's, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm like, I'm real. I can understand now why you think, like why it's a sad thing to be back, you know? Yeah. And it's, like I'm, I'm really happy to see my students. It's been a while. It's been a, it's been a while, but it's just not that same dynamic. Yeah, yeah. of course, of course. And do you think, uh, like, do you think that it in J- January might be revisited? I honestly think that this is how it's going to be till the end of the school year. This school year, really? Oh, I believe so. That's some bold statements there. I think so because you know what? To to change protocol halfway through 
it would be a disaster. Oh, it would be a pain. Yeah, it would be a pain in the neck. Yeah. It would be a disaster. They would have to continue the year, finish it that way. And honestly, that in the school's eyes, I think it would be better safe than sorry because yeah. we are there with the children. And I mean, yes, children are maybe not as affected, but they are carriers, right? They could carry yes. the virus. And I think the government would instill it at least till, till June. And then yeah. when September rolls around, then it might be a different story. Hopefully it will be a different story. Yeah, I think it will. And, you know, there is a lot of positive things that are being said. Um, like, for instance, they installed this, like, map, I think, of Montreal and, and showing the affected areas. And, like, you, like, your city can be in the green, the yellow, or in the red. Mm -hmm. And Montreal right now is in the green. That's really good. Yeah, so I think, I honestly think that we are apprehensive about a second wave. And I think that we are going to be very vigilant till Christmas. Mm -hmm. And like Christmas, I don't think that the government's going to encourage us to have a big family meal, for instance. Yeah. But that being said, I think after the holidays, um, I think there's going to be a little bit of lax when it comes to all of those rules. But that being said, I don't think, like you said, I don't think they would change protocol just in the sense that it's so you can't say all of a sudden, okay, so now we're going to go back to normal. Like that's not going to happen. And it's very difficult because you have like children are introduced of the, the protocols in September. September is really um, putting things into place with our students. So yes. even in a normal year, September is really like getting to know them where, what are their needs, how we can, you know, help them and telling them what the rules are right mm -hmm. and especially those that have like uh, autism change is very hard for them so imagine yeah halfway through the year saying okay well things are like this again it will not mm -hmm. be a positive atmosphere I mean it might be for some but it's I think safer um for staff for you know the public that they keep they keep reinforcing that rule until the end because I mean that's what we're looking at right now. So halfway through to say, oh yeah, everything could go back to normal, it would be very difficult because teachers don't have their classrooms. How you know, like uh, their schedules yeah. are made. It's uh, they would have to readjust to a new a new uh, routine. Yeah, no, you like you said, it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, that's why. Definitely. But I am curious, are you sensing some kind of sense of like camaraderie with within the teachers or within like the students and the teachers of like, okay, we're in this together, like, let's try and make this happen? Or are you sensing like, a lot of disdain from the students and um, like a little bit of rebellion? Uh, it depends the student. Uh, I'll say it's it's a bit of both. Like even though they know they have to follow the protocols, sometimes they'll be like, "Why, why do you constantly have to tell me to put on my mask?" I'm like, "Well, you're getting up. Like we just need to reinforce it. These are the rules. We have to enforce it." You know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I always tell my students, "Look, we're in this together." I'm like, 
it's not that I enjoy this either. The masks are not the greatest thing. You know, it's for our safety. But believe me, when this is gone, I think I'm going to be burning my masks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like in a bonfire. So they, def- they definitely, well, I mean, you can only talk for yourself. But yeah. They definitely feel that with you, you believe. Yes, because a lot of the kids, they'll, they'll tell me, like, I'm, I'm tired of wearing the mask. So, some will wear it the entire time. Some will take it off. Some will try to get up without it on. So it's like really teaching them to, you know, when you're at your desk, take the time to breathe. But uh, overall, they're pretty cooperative, I have to say. I mean, I think that they were, this pandemic, they were home for six months. I think they're thinking in their head, it's better I'm here with a mask (laughs) on than being home all day long. That's so funny because to me, that would have totally not been like at the beginning of the year, I was always so excited to go back to school. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because of the social element. Like I was so happy to see my friends. But after the first week of school, I was like, okay, I'm good. We can go back to like vacation. Like I didn't I didn't want to be there. So I'm a little surprised, I guess, that they miss school. I don't know. I think they miss the idea of school because they were home just... Hey, when I talk to any of the, the, the students, I'm like, what did you do, you know, during this time? You had six months at home. What right. Did, what did you do? Yeah. I slept. I played video games, Fortnite, Call of Duty. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay, what else? So I'm like, no, there's not much that was going on. They Did were, any of them make bread or? Uh... These are the responses I I get. Oh okay? my god, that's these, so funny. These are the majority of the responses. I did nothing. I said you did absolutely nothing. You didn't even watch TV. What what TV show did you watch? At least you know, trying to get a, something out of them. Yeah. But, but in reality, like one one of uh, one of the students, like I saw my one friend. I only saw her, but. You know, it was really about the socialization. And I think yeah. that's why um, going back to school, even though uh, it's not, I mean, in the best circumstances, they need socialization, especially at this young age. That's how they develop it. And the fact is, is that right now, and I see socialization in general, I find decreased because of social media and all that in-person socialization decreased as a society for our our younger generation because they're so used to being glued to a phone. Mm. Like last year, I had one student, uh, and I mean, this is pre-COVID. She she had anxiety getting off. She would use her phone as a coping mechanism. uh, And I I told her, I'm like, it's better. I'm, I'm taking this away. She cried. The student cried. She was secondary one. And I told her, I put her aside. I'm like, look, I'm like, I'm not doing this to punish you. I'm like, this is like your first, I think it was the first week or second week of school. They were doing introduction activities to help socialize them. And I'm yeah. like, it's better that you push through it now because if you always rely on your phone and you, you know, retrieve, well, it's not going to help you later on in life. You need to socialize with people in front of you. And so with the pandemic, they were all socializing through a screen. Yeah. 
Like the students uh -huh. were saying, at least I was able to, you know, play video games uh, and and speak to my friends through there or, you know, social media, whatever their parents allow them to have. Now they look at it, they're, they're craving socialization. That's why that return back to to school is a is ne it's it's not necessarily horrible. I mean, the mask is a downfall, but the fact that they can actually be in a room with other people, I think, is something that they appreciate. Yeah, and like they probably are like taking the bus to school together and whatnot. Yeah. You know, after school, they can do what they want to do, essentially. I mean, those bubbles, yeah. they cease to exist after they leave school. They're going to make, like, the biggest ragers ever. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, how are you feeling after this week? Well, the first... First of all, it, I just have a bad sleep schedule in general. I mean, so I was just tired waking up at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm not used to it. So that played into it. Wearing the mask, you know, because of my breathing issues, it's a, it's a bit hard. So I, I was coming home with migraines quite often. Yeah. Um, and the fact is that everything is so backed up, like, the registration was backed up uh, so schedules and positions are being delegated everything is backed up so oh, yeah. yeah so i'm waiting i'm now i'm waiting for a contract because i'm afraid that if we go back into isolation just in case yeah i need to have a contract because substitution right now is not going to work out if we close again yeah so I'm on a hunt and I'm waiting for positions to be accepted through the board and then, you know, being told that there's one for me. So even though we're missing 500 teachers in Montreal alone. Yeah, I know. You know? No, I know. I, that, that always boggles my mind. Like the amount of bureaucracy behind all of that, that kind of lags everything. And not just that, then... You have like all these stupid rules to be able to teach in front of students. And then like, I'm sorry, like at one point you need to relax. And it's not even like it's the greatest pay on the planet. No. Like, like seriously, it makes no sense to me. So I don't know. I think and the all governments needs to think about that because we can say the th same thing about the United States. Their teachers mm. are paid like crap, like. Mm -hmm. Anyways, a lot of teachers have to get second jobs. I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, in the United States as well. I mean, I don't know how they function, and I don't know if they have boards and stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of things that are changing within Quebec and the education system right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So before, before even COVID, there were so many different uh, negotiations going on uh, for education in Quebec. Yeah. Uh, and the, like, well, things that pass too. Yeah, and the they're still fighting. The teachers are fighting for more rights, for things to change in education, you know. But there were not being met with any of uh, our uh, demands. So, I mean, there's so many different things. Even even the boards, I they wanted to remove the boards. So they're going to. They be, did. Yeah. Exactly. They, but yeah. But technically, it's not like 100% uh, 
removed yet because I think they're in transition of doing that. Mm-hmm. As a teacher, I have no idea what the service centers are going to do. I'm a teacher. I work, I work as a teacher in Quebec and I have no idea what the service centers are going to really do. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand the, um, I think the, what essentially what I understood from it is that they are going to uh, be more axed onto the community so that it's the community that makes these decisions and not like some person who makes a lot of money who's at the top and then has like the little people trickling down. Mm-hmm. So it's more of like a, you know, a, well, I don't remember the saying, but it's like a village is what raises a child. Well, yeah. that's what it is. So it's more like the neighborhoods that are going to help one another. I might be wrong on this, but I feel like it's that. Because I think there was an issue with uh, the fact that, let's say, the, I can only talk about the... Oh, the Montreal school board in French. Okay. And uh, that one was like so big and had a lot of little, like had so many schools, but like one school board. Whereas you had other little school boards who that their money was properly distributed because they didn't have as many schools. Mm-hmm. So it's like now theoretically the money is equally distributed between everyone and like each borough can like help and and say what this borough's schools needs need okay you understand what i mean does that make any sense yeah i understand but i still need to see it happen because there's a lot of things that are said and yeah. rarely done mm-hmm. so it's like a see it to believe it moment yeah totally i completely agree with you on that like yeah. i'm very intrigued as well to see how that's going to pan out but in general a lot of education needs to change i mean covid aside online should have been implemented a little bit more even before covid that's why there was such a everyone was distraught when uh covid happened because a lot of teachers weren't prepared to be online yeah yeah i know at the same time like i think in high school perhaps there is I, I don't know. I don't feel, I don't like the idea of having a school, uh, not a school, but a class taught to me online. I agree, though. Like, I, I would not want to, like, I would never really concentrate. I well, would look at my phone and, you know. When I was doing my um, undergraduate degree, the majority of the time I did not want to do online courses. I did one online course towards the end, but it took me a while to figure out like the syllabus. Like those are questions I would ask the teacher in person, right? A lot. Exactly. A lot gets lost in translation over email, over messages. I know. Completely agree. Yeah. Like right now you're doing your, your another degree, right? Yeah. I'm starting it. Yeah. And everything's online. How about the studio courses? What's happening with that? (laughs) Oh, my God. So I will be able to really explain to you that on Friday because Friday is my first studio course. But from what I've understood through emails and see (laughs) right there, what I understand through a fucking email (laughs) is that uh, we are going to get these studio kits 
Uh-huh. Like, we have to go purchase these kits that they're going to make for us. So I have, I, I'm pretty lucky because I, I'm, I am taking a studio class, but it's a woodcut print class. So, I mean, I don't see, like, I understand that it would have been much funner to be in a studio and have the teacher in front of us and, like, be around other creatives and, like, just being in a studio class. Like, that's the funnest part is being around other people and seeing what they're making and, oh, I didn't try that technique and, you know, yeah. like, that's how you learn. And so uh, what I understood is that we're going to be receiving these kits and in Woodcut, at least I, well, from what I know of it, I shouldn't need any, like, chemicals or anything like that now for the people who have like oil painting classes or um like silk screen which you need like a dark room like I don't understand what they're going to do yeah the dark room it's really like it's not just yeah. called the dark room it's pitch black yeah well there's like a red light in it yeah unless you're uh, taking out the, the film did yeah. you ever, you took the class that you have to take out the yeah. film? And yeah. I was there. I must have touched all the walls, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really dark in there. Imagine. But then eventually, eventually your eyes kind of get used to it. No, I was completely blind. I could not. <laughs> I am not a cat, unfortunately. I can't do it. But I am, like, I really do, I'm really curious to see on Friday what my professor says. And, like, for me, there is... I think it's really awful that we're paying the same price as we would for a regular um, a regular university session. Like, I'm sorry, but university makes a buttload of money. Mm-hmm. And I find it awful that they are charging students the same wage they would charge on a regular semester. You know what? I'm surprised they didn't charge more because I, I saw someone post the other day that, like, it's day one. I'm back online, and the whole system crashed. Like, yeah, and they didn't. And the notice that they got on their computer was from August. <laughs> so, like, even even like the notice itself was old. Like, knowing that everyone was going to be on the server, it had to be strong. Yeah, and they yeah. should have been prepared for that. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. No, I, I honestly like it makes absolutely no sense to me. And like I said, like to me, that's even a that, then you shouldn't even be paying like that's ridiculous. And like it, I we are lucky in Quebec because it is a lot cheaper than anywhere else mm-hmm. in Canada. And like um, at the beginning of uh, the, the summer when I got the prices for my classes, because like small story short no long story short yeah yeah. long story short um I'm I'm born in Alberta so uh this always happens when I'm in university they they give me the Canadian price to Mm. go to university and then I have to prove that I've been here for like 28 years and my mom is French Canadian whatnot and the the (laughs) the price for university for two semesters was like ten thousand dollars no just no for full time that is ridiculous I, the people in the united states must be like wow that's so cheap 
Yeah, no, I know. I, I feel like we're complaining, but like, it's just, I, I just couldn't believe that a online class, all my classes are online for this semester. Like, how could you even dare charge $10,000 for online classes? Like, I, I, it boggles my mind. You know, I, I don't believe it's worth it. And, and that's part of the reason why I was like going back and forth debating to apply for my master's. Like, I know it's next year, but we still don't know what's going to happen. You can always postpone it. Well, that's good to know. As long yeah, as I get if, accepted. If you get accepted, you can postpone it. Well, that's good to know, though. Yeah. No, no. Like, a, let's say that I get into, uh, I take, do my class on Friday and I'm like, well, this is, this sucks. This is, I'm not going to learn anything. So then I decide to not take it. And I have three art history classes on Mondays. Well, I might not, I might not like do, like I'll see, you know, cause like if the teacher is really boring in class, then on a zoom, like you've lost me, you know? Yeah. So like, I'm, you know, I might not take any classes this semester. It, for me, this is purely out of joy. I already have a degree. So, like, if it's boring, then I'm not going to do it. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. And it's true. You know what? The courses that were required, uh, it's really important who you have as a, as a professor. For because sure. Because if the professor can bring it up in, in a way that's refreshing and, and grabs your attention, you've lost your students. And they're struggling in, in class because... They're not picking up the information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So sure. I understand. I understand. I've had some classes where I struggled and I realized it's mostly because of the professor that I had. I mean, there was I'm... some courses that excelled at and those were the professors that I really found intriguing, interesting and had a lot to offer me. Yeah. For me, that was like total game changer. I have to say, like, studio classes, I liked all of them. So regardless of the teacher, that didn't change anything for me. But, mm -hmm. but like, any class that I did not like the teacher, I automatically uh, did not take it. Like, I would, I would uh, cancel it before uh, charged. That's so, the smartest thing to do. Like, no, I'm not going to, like, I have ADHD, well, not ADHD, ADD, because I don't have the H or it didn't exist when I got diagnosed when I was a kid. So I have ADD and I have dyslexia and I have to listen to this boring person. Yeah, that's not going to work out. Like, it just can't. So it's like, I always had to make sure that I was super, like, into what the teacher was saying and their personality and all that. There's only one teacher that I did not like during my entire um well two classes that I didn't like and like I just had to take them for my degree so I pushed through but they were not good grades <laughs> yeah and I was like an A student so it wasn't like those were the only two classes I didn't do well in yeah I understand even even for me though I'm usually an A type of student <clears throat> and I've the ones that I was not happy with my grade, it was because I felt like I was not learning anything in that class. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So I do have one question, though, because okay. like you just said that the people, the kids who are um, doing uh, 
like the secondary four fives are doing Zoom halftime? Yeah. So what happens if a teacher has gastro? Are they going to have like subs Zoom? <laughs> like Zoom subs? I don't know. Well, I think at that point they would just maybe um like if Cancel? I were the teacher, no, I would I would just send them uh work to do that day. That would be due the following day or whatever. Oh so okay. let's say it's like a review or or you know, so let's say let's say I'm teaching English and we were working on an essay or we were reading a book. Well, I would give like a question like, okay, give me a response about X, Y, and Z, whatever it may be. And hand it in to me on the following by the following class, you know. So mm-hmm. teachers are always prepping, even when they're sick, they have emergency preps. Okay, all right. Like, yeah, you have to have uh, I think two per class, give or take, so that even if even before COVID, that if some they end up by being absent like abruptly that morning they were sick, well, they already have a backup plan. Yeah. Okay. All right. See, te- teachers really have to think ahead. Oh yeah. They think like five steps ahead, mm-hmm. and they get keep on getting things thrown at them. That's why I wanted to substitute. You know, because <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I teachers are really underappreciated, and they do such good work and hard work for the students. And I find you know, I know it's a hard time. But even before that, a lot of parents, I think over the years, they don't value, not all, not all, obviously. but no, of course. But they don't value what the teacher's actually doing for their, their you know, for their kids. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Like, it's so strange to me because it, it seems like, with all the, I don't know if it's due to technology. I can only think it is. And we're living in a highly individualist um, mm. society where we think a lot about ourselves, where the parents are pushed to performance. So they mm-hmm. always have to do their best at their job. Where being, like, I think that being a parent, whether it be a, a, a father or a mother at home, that is a beautiful and noble work. But no one values that anymore. And not that I think that there should always be a parent at home. That's not the thing. But like just being a parent is not valued anymore. Or you're mm-hmm. this glamorous mother that has an Instagram account. Like you're an Insta mom. So mm-hmm. I think that there's this, this shift where that's why it's so hard for teachers. Because they really are there alone raising these children raising these teenagers and what are you supposed to do you work on them all week and then come friday they're like on your side everything's good saturday sunday they're with their parents they screw up everything you teach them they come back to school they're unpleasant like it's just it's so hard and then sometimes you have like these kids who are trying to get their parents attention Mm-hmm. And then, yes. like and then they're getting they give their their kids right like they say oh no well look I know he's difficult. You just don't know how to talk to him. No, miss. Like, if I can't talk to your kid, then most likely a lot of people can't talk to him. And, like, it is unacceptable. Like, you need to take measures into action. I always try to reason with the students. Like, the students that I have, 
I'm usually good at getting to the students that have been more difficulty or like behavior problems. The majority of the time I can, because I get on a certain level. I'm like, look, I'm like, this is the situation we're in together. Even before COVID, I'm like, we're going to get this done, work on it. And then we could, you know, like, let's say have a discussion or like today, like at the end of the day, there was a bit of time left and they were being a bit rowdy. And I was getting a little bit upset. So I said, you know what? We're going to play hangman. Like last 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, you did all your work. Let's just decompress. Yeah. So it's it's a way of being with the kids and knowing that good behavior will be rewarded and bad behavior, well, it won't be. Mm-hmm. And it and it depends the approach. Each Each child, there's a different approach. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I, I do think that not all teachers are like that. Like, I really do love being with at-risk teens. That's my specialty. Mm-hmm. But to have worked with other teachers, like, I definitely don't. It's not like an innate thing, you know. They don't all have it. And that's why, like, I find it still hard that, like, if your teacher says, hey, like, calmly says, hey, can you please stop throwing like scissors at me? Then like, you, you know, you should not throw scissors. Like it's just, it's behaviors like that, that I'm not, I'm just not on board with. And like schools don't, aren't, don't have the proper measures to take care of that anymore. Like with budget cuts and all that. Yeah. And that makes the, that makes it that teachers don't want to be teachers. Don't want, they don't have to deal with that. So, yeah, just to to uh, wrap it up, I just wanted to say that there are more problems. Like, I, I wanted to uh, add on that the government wants to remove class sizes and codes on children. So, let's say if they have a learning disability yeah. uh, and, and all that. So, those children tend to need more assistance in the classroom and they get a little bit more funding. So it, they would count it, let's say, as one or two children. They yeah. want to remove the code as well so they could remove the funding and they could add more children in the classroom without really making that one child worth two or three. Yeah. yeah. So it really sucks, but, you know. Yeah, I know. Tr- trying to fight is, it. That's always been a big issue, I find, and it's, it's really frustrating and, and a bit of a shame that, that we're still fighting for these things that are, you know, I think obviously important, you know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a question. I agree. Yeah. Well, on that, I think uh, everyone should thank you and all the teachers in the world that are doing their best right now in these times. Like you said, thinking five steps ahead, taking care of all these kids, and making sure that they have some kind of social experiment at this time. So thank you, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> for okay. doing all of that. No. <laughs> well, thank you so much for asking the questions. I hope that our, our listeners like get to kind of hear what's happening in the educational system uh, during these times and hopefully opened up a little bit of some people's minds towards this. All right. Bye. Have a great evening.